The Milwaukee Bucks keep rolling. They're now 7-0, and equaling a franchise record to start an NBA season. I believe it's the third time they've done this. So we're going to get into the Bucks over the Pistons uh, again, this time a little more comfortable, although it took until very late in the third quarter for this team to be able to knock down some shots uh, from the outside. But you can't complain with 7-0. and You certainly can't complain with another 30-point game from Giannis. Let's get into it. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win My name's Kane Pittman. You can see and hear me on this podcast Monday to Friday and also find my work over at ESPN and uh, alongside me, fresh from Fiserv Forum, the undefeated radio analyst at the Bucks Radio Network. I've had to tweak my intro. It's Justin Garcia uh, for today's episode that is brought to you by Price Picks. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks. With the promo code locked on, that's prizepicks.com, and the promo code is locked on. Of course, we thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first watch or first listen of every day. And uh, I'm going to keep doing it. We're going to pump the subscription drive on YouTube. The comment section has been going absolutely berserk over the last week, and the subs are going up. People are people are listening to the show, Justin. Can you believe? I, I never assumed that anyone listens to me. Uh, when I bring this up, but I can tell you the evidence is real. We're up to 4.5k subs and on the road to at least 5,000. By the end of the season, we'll be at 10k. Uh, it's going to be glorious stuff uh, for Locked On Bucks on the YouTube channel. But if you're old school and you're listening uh, via audio, uh, that's, yeah, you're Justin's type of guy because, as I said, he is the analyst for the Bucks Radio Network. We're going to get into that a little bit later at the podcast, but this Bucks Pistons game, a little more. Relaxing than the last one, Justin. They end up winning this 116 to 91. And not only is it the third time the Bucks have started 7-0 to start a regular season, uh, Giannis now has six straight 30-plus games, which I believe equals a career-high total for him. I think he did it back in the 2018-19 season as well, or 2019 anyway. It was in 2019. But he had 32 points, 12 rebounds, four assists, five steals, two blocks, and again, he did this in under 30 minutes. And I noticed right from the start tonight that Giannis was not messing around. He was mean mugging. He had the look in his eye that he wanted to score a whole bunch of points uh, against the Pistons after a somewhat a quietish night the first time around. Um, yeah, 2019-20 was when he had the sixth yeah. straight. I, I could have sworn it was last year. And looking through, he had a five-game streak last year, which... I think that's what coincided with the Sixers game and the Nets game and breaking the franchise scoring record. Hmm. But um, he's for what, like half, more than half of the game so far this season. It's just been like a slow start. And to have a week where you have two 30 point second halves is uh, certainly saying something. But yeah, you noticed early, um, it wasn't the same type of struggles. Now he's still 
is not finishing at quite as high rate around the rim. And some of those seem like they're just like, there were a couple of times tonight where it looked like he just kind of started to lose the ball when he was going up. Hmm. And it seems like two or three times a game lately, he gets the thing where he just tries to kind of drop it in instead of going off the glass and it doesn't go in. So he still has some of those, but I mean, think about that, that we're talking about areas. He dominates that. Yeah, if you can clean this up a little bit, I mean, that's eight or nine more points per game, 10 points per game. And all this guy is doing is just putting up 30-point games like it looks easy. And that's been the most incredible part of these six games to me is we knew you would need the defense. And I think we talked about a couple of times, offense could be, I'm not going to say a struggle, but it, it could be pretty interesting to watch early without Chris Middleton. And, you know, we assume when Joe Ingles finally gets to step on the floor, that's going to change things for the half court. But I mean, what he's doing, despite some of the shooting performances that this team has, it's just absolutely incredible that he's making it look easy. And it's, it's like, yeah, Giannis is going to score 30 and they're going to win. So he had 15 points on five for 10 shooting in the first quarter. And to your point, averaging over 20 points per game in the second half so far this season prior to tonight. So I guess the big question for this podcast, what is wrong with Giannis? If he can only score 10, uh, 12 points, 13 points in the second half, what an absolute stinker of a game for Giannis. But I did think if this game stayed relatively close, now it didn't in the end. He only played the 29 minutes. But based on what we'd seen, I thought he was going to go for 40 or 50 tonight, the way he looked, particularly having the 15 points uh, in the first quarter there. But not the most efficient night, 11 for 24 uh, overall. There was one play, I believe it was in the second quarter, where uh, you mentioned maybe the touch is a little bit off at the moment, by his own standards, we should say. Uh, And he actually had the ball, I think it was Isaiah Stewart that was in front of him, and he fumbled the ball. But as he fumbled the ball, he kind of just continued doing his move and then finished the layup as well. It was just an absolutely absurd play. Um, But... Nonetheless, this is where we're at with Giannis, where he has a 30-point, kind of close to a 5 by 5 game in under 30 minutes. And we're like, gee, he can get get better. Uh, There's room for improvement here with Giannis. So, I mean, he's just at an absolutely ridiculous level at this point. And we should talk about uh, his shoes. Uh, Do you think that there's a chance that every Bucks player eventually at some point and coaches will have the Zoom freaks on? Um. Sadly, no, because uh, we know Serge Ibaka's loyalties <laughs> to Adidas and uh, uh, the shoe goodness. contracts are a real thing. But I mean, I'll take a pair. So I think you're going to see a lot of staffers wearing the Zoom freaks. Whatever Serge Ibaka's uh, contract is with, well, you say Adidas, I would say Adidas, but let's not get into, uh, it's neither here nor there. Uh, but I think Giannis would be able to afford the contract and more. And uh, he could probably just tell nike to start sponsoring surge and they would probably do it so i think that there's ways you could could tell who oh nike you would say i would say (laughs) nike i mean this is a very revealing podcast and i'm starting to feel quite self-conscious at the moment we should now we should tackle nutella (laughs) oh let's not get into the big issues here but uh, you mentioned the shooting so on yesterday's podcast i went solo and i discussed the idea that this offense you know Giannis has been great and he's getting the 30 points uh and scoring at a rate that we just haven't seen through his career to this point. We have seen in small patches, but overall he's been on fire. But elsewhere, um, maybe not a huge surprise because Chris Milton's out, but they haven't been able to shoot 
uh, the three ball at all. And and you might have the exact numbers here, but at one point with a one for 24 or two for 24, something two like for that. 20, yeah, two for 21 in the first half. And I think eight of 17 in the second half. So from in many ways, it, it felt like a playoff game because the defense remains <laughs> very, very good and they're just yeah. not hitting threes. Yeah, and eventually they were able to to break the seal a little bit there. And we can get into uh, some of the other players that had an impact in this game tonight. But I do want to talk about uh, our friends over at Price Picks. If you don't know uh, what Price Picks is all about, it's daily fantasy made easy. You can pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their Price Picks projection, you can win up to ten times on your money. Uh, with any entry you make. There's no competing against other people either. It's just you versus the projections they have, uh, whether it's rebounds, points, assists, uh, all the different categories you can jump in on there, blocks, steals, those types of things. So uh, there is basketball, obviously, naturally. That's why we're talking about it on this show. But there's NFL, MLB, NHL, uh, golf as well. I wonder, the golf ones would be interesting, I think. But entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It is that easy. And uh, the withdrawals are safe and fast as well. So all you have to do is download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time, first time users can receive 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with the promo code locked on. Uh, don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to 100 bucks. That's uh, prizepicks.com. Uh, also, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. They've got everything else that's going on in the sports world. Uh, the World Series is still going on at the moment. I got no idea what's going on with that. I'm too wrapped up in the Bucks being seven and zero. But they uh, they'll talk some NBA as well. It's been a big uh, couple of days for the news, uh, shall we say, Justin in the NBA. So I'm sure uh, they will have all that covered there. What about Drew Holiday tonight, though? Eleven for sixteen from the field, twenty six points, which by my count gives him. 85 points over the last three games. Does that sound accurate? 35, 25, 20, uh, 34, 25, 26. Yeah. Um, I think that's right. 85 points over the last three games. Have you seen anything differently with Drew, uh, anything different with the way Drew Holiday is getting his offense? Or do you, do you just feel that he finally snapped that rusty streak and now he's seen it drop in and now he can't miss? I mean, as lazy as the take is, it does kind of seem like that, that that's how this team operates. They're very uh, streaky and it seems like their shooting is contagious, good or bad. Uh, And like, like we said, two of 21 in the first half. And then once there was a stretch, I think the big part was um, Grayson Allen hit a three to make it a 13 point game. And then the next trip down the floor, Wesley Matthews hit a three to make it 16 and from that point forward, it was just one of those moments where, okay, we're hitting threes again. Yeah, and yeah. They started to hit those shots. With Drew, uh, I mean, Dwayne Casey talked about him quite a bit before the game and even more than uh, we typically hear opposing coaches talk about Drew, especially last year when our pal Eric was putting together the story on Drew Holiday and um, how basically underrated he is and just getting coaches' take on things he does well. But Dwayne Casey initiated the, man, Drew is so good – and it was about the mid-range game because that's kind of where uh, we've seen Cade Cunningham really start to excel. But Dwayne Casey was quick to point out Monday and and uh, Wednesday's game, you know, it's kind of a double-edged sword that he's good at that. But we also need to be cognizant that's what the Bucks want you to do. 
And especially against a guy like Drew Holiday, he makes it really tough in the mid-range because of his size and his ability to really start to push you into the big guys that they have there in Giannis and Brooke Lopez and said, you know, I think a handful of our guys have a lot they can learn from Drew offensively. And as Dwayne Casey said, if number 34 isn't on Drew Holiday's team, I think a lot of people pay more attention to Drew and are talking a lot more about him offensively and defensively than they currently do. But Dwayne Casey called Drew Holiday's step back three a shot that does not get as much attention as it should as Hmm. one of the more unguardable shots. And when you think about it, it really is. And I know early in his tenure here with the Bucks, you would see that shot. And it was one of those stretches where, you know, Drew and others were just in those cold spells. But last year, especially, is when we really saw that start to take off. And as as Casey said, it really is undefensible because of Drew's size and how much arc he gets on it, that even if you press up on him, he's comfortable taking two extra steps back and launching it from even further. And it it seems like he's just one of those guys that gets more natural or gets more in rhythm off the bounce. And I think Jordan Warren is kind of the same as well. So he's just in one of those hot zones. And I think we've joked about it before. You know, Drew Holiday is like entering those zones and it usually lasts for a couple of games when he gets the shot to fall where he's on the baseline and shooting over the basket. And we've seen that twice already on this homestand. So we've spent a fair part of the you know, early portion of the season looking at streaks for Giannis. You know, how many games did he score in a three-game span? Now the 30-point games. I am honestly curious where 85 points ranks in a three-game span for Drew Holiday um, from a scoring perspective. Now, I'm not saying it would be the highest point. I'm sure he's probably beaten that. I think he's probably had back-to-back 30-point games at some point. Um, but most of the time, if you've got Chris Middleton in the lineup, he's not really needed to be a 30-point scorer per night, Um, but as the Bucs offense has struggled a little bit, he's been able to step up here. I I don't know if you've got the box score in front of you, so I wanted to throw some trivia at you, but keeping in mind that you're at the game, you're looking at the stats, you're reading them all out, so you might already know this, but uh, I want to get into this. So I was watching Mike Budenholzer in the postgame, so the Bucs had 17 steals in this game, 17 steals. And I think Zora asked Bud about it. And Bud looked at the box score and he said, geez, I don't know if that's even real, is it? You know, like, because it's an unbelievable number. I'm not sure if it's a franchise record. You might know, but it must be uh, pretty damn close. Uh, How many steals do you think out of those 17, Drew Holiday had? Um, Oh, man. Uh, Well, I know Giannis and Javon each tied career highs and they accounted for nine of the 17. So... I don't remember Drew getting one, but I'll I'll just say one. Go with your gut because you have to trust your eyes because we know that you're watching the game very closely. He had zero. Zero out of 17 steals. This is honestly an unbelievable stat. Uh, so you hit it. So Giannis had five. Uh, Javon Carter had four. And uh, as we go down the list, uh, Jordan Wara had a couple. Wesley Matthews had a couple. Marjon Bochamp had a couple. One for Grayson Allen, one for Brooke Lopez. Uh, none for Drew Holiday, which is remarkable. But they did make life really, really difficult on the ball handler. They were obviously really active in the passing lanes. And Kate Cunningham is the one player that stands out to me. He was sensational two nights ago against the Bucks in this one. He, from the, from the outset, was looking very uncomfortable. He wasn't able to get to his spots. He finished with 10 points, uh, 5 for 13 from the field, and only attempted two threes. 
uh, but missed them both. So we've seen this Bucks defense dominate in different ways to start the season, particularly in the paint. They've made life difficult. They've been racking up uh, big numbers of block shots in this one. The Pistons only have 30 points in the paint on 15 for 35 shooting, which is a dramatic change from two nights ago. Yeah, and, you know, it, it's something that, especially in the interim with no Chris and even Pat, for that matter, um, we were talking about it on Monday night during the game, and I think it was the third quarter, where kind of the same story prior to that, where the Bucks were going through those shooting struggles, and you just kept looking at Detroit and their lack of size and saying, you know, 34 is pretty much unstoppable against this unit where it's just mm-hmm. Isaiah Stewart and a very rusty Nerlens Noel that you can throw out there. So I don't know, maybe start to pound it into the paint a little more. And in that third mm. quarter, the Bucks uh, got in fast break more. And I think there were 10 of 10 on shots that they took in the paint. And it, it was kind of the same tonight early where the shot wasn't falling and you got the sense of, okay, another one of these games. But um, as you started to see them just go in there more, that to me is the big takeaway is when, when you watch this Pistons team in these two games, um, I, I mean, I, I loved what I saw last year, but I still – I know he struggled tonight, but I still just come away very impressed with Cade Cunningham yeah, and just the overall build of this team. I think they're going to be pretty good in a couple of years, but Isaiah Stewart and Nerlens Noel, and that's it for size. Like even fours that can defend and rebound, you don't really have it there in Detroit. And in many ways – it reminded you of the first two thirds of the season for the Bucks last year, where it was basically Giannis and Bobby Portis, and you were going to lose on rebounds. You didn't rebound at the rate you did previously. You especially didn't do it on the offensive glass, and your defense started to suffer as well, just because you didn't have the size and depth to keep up with them. And now, not only do you have that, but you know, think about we marveled at it in the playoff series early when it was working against the Celtics when the Bucks would play Giannis and Brooke and Bobby together. But think about how much we've already seen that this year. And with some of the stuff we've seen Bobby Portis really make an effort on and working at throughout the offseason with Brooke Lopez drinking from the fountain of youth here, seven games into the season, how do you match up with that team? When, you know, many coaches have pointed out this year alone, Brooke Lopez and Giannis are perfect complements to each other. But when you have Bobby out there that's willing to do the dirty work as well, you're going to dominate on rebounding. Giannis and Brooke are going to make you elite defensively. And, you know, if you continue to feed it, you're just going to crush teams in the paint. And that's what we've seen for the majority of these seven games. I've got a Brooke Lopez uh, theory that I've been cooking up, but I'm going to save it for tomorrow's show. This is a tease. Make sure you subscribe to Locked on Bucks and you'll hear... Uh, my really good uh, Brooke Lopez theory uh, that I'll drop on the show tomorrow. Uh, but if you're not shooting threes, and Marcus Johnson, shout out to Marcus, the best uh, TV analyst in the business, just a hilarious uh, commentary from him tonight. And halfway through the third quarter, he described the Bucks shooting as putrid, horrendous, and nasty. And he wasn't wrong. And then uh, I think Marcus can probably take the credit because they started knocking down everything uh, after he said those things. But how do you stay in the game if you can't hit a shot from the outside? So we've alluded to it a little bit, but 24 to four second chance points because the offensive rebounding numbers uh, for Detroit, only two, 15 to the Bucks. So again, this is exactly what you were just saying, the size, the mature bodies, 
uh, of the Bucks, Giannis and Bobby Portis in particular, I think they had eight offensive rebounds. Uh, between them, you combine that with the steal numbers. So even though the Bucks put up 116 points in this game, it feels like another win that was fueled by the defense of this team, which is fine. I think that there's concerns about offense and you hope that somehow they can shoot the ball better. Like they can't continue to shoot the ball at around 30%, but history does tell us that this will be something that we'll get to playoff time and we'll think, gee whiz, let's, let's cross our fingers here and hope they have a hot streak here for the next uh, month or two. That's that's just the reality with the, with the current roster they have based on what we've seen, what history uh, tells us uh, with that number. What about Marjan Bochamp? Have you got any thoughts? Because tonight he played, what have we got here, the box score? What did he play? 16 minutes, which I imagine is probably a career high. It was plus 12 when he ran the floor. That's fine. It was a blowout. Finished with three points that all came at the free throw line, 0 for 3 from the field, all three-point attempts. Coincidentally, the one three he knocked down was after a whistle from the corner. Would have loved to have that yeah. uh, as, a, as a live ball three, but... Yeah, I noticed the bench actually started applauding him when he knocked it down as encouragement. Like, yes, you can knock that down, uh, Marjan. But he had four rebounds as well. As I mentioned, a couple of steals. uh, And he did have a couple of turnovers. But I will say, the two turnovers that he had, there was one in transition where he kind of almost fell out of bounds and got it to Giannis. Giannis was out of bounds. It might have been a Giannis turnover. But I didn't think it was a great pass to Marjan. But when you run in in transition and Giannis is next to you, Maybe just get out of the way. But that's a, you know, he's keen to score. He wants to get involved. So I don't blame him for that. Um, but the pass to him was rough. And then there was another turnover he had where he was standing in the dunker spot, Drew Holiday passed in the ball. I didn't think that was a great pass either. So he was a little bit, he was a little bit unlucky. But did you see anything in particular from Marjan in his first? He's played real minutes before early in games, but it felt like extended minutes. Yeah, the the Giannis one specifically was where I actually think Giannis well, at least from our vantage point, it looked like he wasn't actually out of bounds and he timed his jump perfectly. No, but it, I agree. But, but it was still uh, like Giannis kind of like, what do you expect me to do with the ball there? Yeah. Um, I thought what stood out was Marjan had a couple of moments where he wasn't just standing around and was cutting to the basket. Now, he was guilty of, of the opposite on one possession, I think, early in the first half where – he got caught kind of standing around just watching Drew Holiday, not expecting to get the ball back, and mm. it resulted in a turnover. But you expect stuff like that to happen throughout the course of the year. I thought it was important he was moving and cutting towards the basket on a lot of those plays. And you know, he's out there looking to facilitate. He had a really nice kind of wraparound pass into the corner to, I think, Wesley Matthews. And um, another find that was a bounce pass the same way on the baseline in the corner. So he's a willing passer defensively. There wasn't really much. You didn't really get to see him in those spots, but you know, I know I'll probably uh, draw the wrath of some bucks fans for this. Cause I talked about it a little bit tonight and it seems like people, I don't know if I, I would say have kind of the ship has sailed, but look, I'm not saying the guy is going to be a big rotational piece when this team is healthy, but I had more positive takeaways for Jordan Wara uh, for this game and for the last few games too, that, you know, everything that you've asked for of Jordan Wara, he's doing right now. And we know he can score and he eventually got up to double figures tonight, but 
I think there are still moments where you see some of the defensive miscues or not quite knowing where he needs to be. And you saw a couple of those from Marjan tonight as well, which you expect with young players. But by and large, I mean, it, it does look like the game has slowed down a little bit for, for Jordan, and he looks much more comfortable. He's giving that effort defensively, but I, I was really struck by he's continuing to do those little things and not just going out there and hunting shots. He's trying to facilitate. He's looking for guys and making the extra pass and passing up okay shots to find better shots for his teammate. And I think it's especially impressive like in this stretch, because if you're Jordan Wara, you know, I mean, two of the questions Bud was asked before the game today were about Pat Connaughton and Chris Middleton. And hey, if we do the math, you know, the first report we got on Pat, well, that'll be three weeks ago on Sunday. And we are told three weeks. So he's got to be close. Chris is practicing with the herd. And if you're Jordan, you see that and you look at the roster and think, well, I'm getting minutes because Chris is out and Pat is out and Joe Ingles hasn't played yet these minutes might dry up and then it's kind of easy to revert and say, I got to stand out and score, but he continues to do the things that we heard. Hey, I got to work on this if I'm going to stay on the floor. And, you know, I think if he just continues to grow in that sense, he's a guy that you feel much more comfortable throwing out there in some of those minutes than you would have in the past. No, I totally agree. And there's a, there's a number of players that are probably going to see a decrease. I think Javon Carter deserves a lot of credit for his defense tonight, but we've seen that offensively, the shots haven't been falling, which is fine. You know, that, that'll that come and go. But, you know, Carter's probably a guy that stands to lose some minutes. George Hill, they might even just like to to take them back uh, a little bit there. And then, yeah, the war of Bochamp stuff as well. So, yeah, I think we're going to see a change with the rotation. But, you know, Jordan, a couple of steals. Not saying it was elite defense that got those steals, but, you know, he was at least being active and, and, and causing some stuff on that end. So, and the biggest problem for those two guys is that it, their chances to play through mistakes are about to be zero. And, yeah. you know, we always see it, and this is a bigger conversation now Vanilla Day, but just as we wrap up this thought, you know, we always see that there will be some criticism, well, Mark Budenholzer doesn't develop players, he doesn't do this. And I was thinking about it as I was watching the game tonight. Like, this is a damn title contender. Yeah. And if you're Mike Budenholzer, like, you have players that are just simply better right now have been veterans in the league, and your goal is to win a title, how much room is there to just take your vets off the floor and just say, hey, we're just going to play through what on some nights is just going to be bad basketball? And it, and it doesn't mean that Wara can't be an NBA player and Marjan Bochamp, we think he's got great potential to be an NBA player. Um, but as Frank always says, and he gets criticism for being a wet blanket, I've called him the wet blanket jokingly in the past. But as he says, the reality is most rookies just struggle to be... Uh, you know, plus players in their rookie season because it's just such a huge step to the NBA. And if Marjan Bochamp was on the Oklahoma City Thunder, he'd be playing 20 minutes a night. And yeah, he'd be out of fast tracker. But that doesn't mean that Mark Dagno is a is a is a coach that is a better development coach. It's just a different situation. So I think it's hard to pin this on butt. Well, I, I and I think it's important to point out too that as everyone is quick to point to. Well, Dante DiVincenzo and, you know, Dante was the first player off the bench that year, mm. but you can't compare the two. I mean, it's why I never really saw all of the Marjan is going to be a big part of the rotation early. It's not to say that he can't or he won't maybe next year, but 
for all of the reasons you touched on, I mean, this is a team that's trying to win a championship. There is a lot of wing depth in front of him, but you know, also it's just been Dante that's played early under Bud. You know, that's the only rookie. It's it's not a knock on rookies. It's just tough and it's a learning curve. And Dante DiVincenzo played for a college coach that does as good a job as anyone as getting his players ready to play at the NBA level and played in big games. I know it's college versus NBA, but he played in big games there. And Marjan Bochamp just, he, he didn't have that same experience, you know, like as good as the G league system has been and as good as G league ignite has done for getting guys ready, it's still different. So it's going to be more of a runway and a learning curve for him. So if the bucks are fully healthy and this is something our listeners or viewers can jump into YouTube comments and maybe I'll, I'll throw a question there because we all want to watch Bochamp play. I want to see Bochamp play every night like that. Cause it's really exciting to see your rookie get an opportunity to play but it's just difficult to see how they'll fit it in. So if you're someone that says, well, they just need to give him minutes, whose minutes is he taking? So tell me which player he's going to take his minutes, and then um, we'll obviously have the conversation. We'll see uh, how it goes there. But You know, like the last thing on that, what is interesting is we – I wondered if we would see it over the weekend. We didn't. We haven't seen the, oh, yeah, it's a back-to-back game yet. And part of that is this team's Hmm. health, I think. But – is they're starting to turn the corner there. And, you know, especially once you get into that midpoint of the schedule where we've seen the late in the season is when you really want to kind of get guys back. And that's traditionally when we had seen guys playing in both nights of the back-to-back under Bud. Um, There's going to be that stretch in the middle of the season when you get to like January, February, where you're probably going to want to give some time off to guys like George Hill and Wesley Matthews and your stars. And that's where the minutes are going to come in heavy for Marjan and Jordan Wara and Sandro Mamukelishvili as well. And it's why we've said, and it feels like we had this conversation, what, three of the four years here, this is the deepest team that they've been since Bud's arrived. You might be right. And, and then you get, even if that happens later on in the season, you get to the point where it's like, okay, you're going to get a night here where you might get 20 minutes. And then a week later, you might get another 20 minutes. And and then just the continuity part of it is just really tough for these guys. So, yeah, it's a tough role. But you also have to back in the, the, the team, the coaching staff, and their ability to develop guys, even if they're not getting minutes every single night, which I know is another challenge uh, in itself. But uh, we will see. We'll see what happens over the next few months with Marjan Bochamp. All right, as we wrap this up, we mentioned it. You've been doing the analyst role for the radio, which is, let's be honest, for me, and I'm obviously biased. You, you're a good friend of mine, but it's bloody cool to see and cool to listen to, by the way. Frank tweeted the other day, you're doing an outstanding job. So what's the situation? Is this? Can you reveal anything? Is this the, <laughs> is this the role moving forward? What's going on? Um, I don't know if there's anything to reveal. Uh, I okay. just approach every game as if that's what oh i'm doing God. you are you are worse than mike Boone. We, <laughs> well i learned from we, him. we're not here to listen to the cliches you're not taking it <laughs> one game at a time um yeah i mean i just i it's uh i have to prepare for every game as if i'm doing it and i haven't been told otherwise so until i'm given any heads up then I just assume each time that I show up and prepare for the game, I'm going to be doing the dual role again. No, well, we love it. 
and so far you've done the homestand so you're six and oh in your uh in the analyst chair which i think uh, bucks fans uh, will be very pleased about uh so far that is the perfect record the bucks heading on the road to play uh minnesota what what is it like it's a tough job being a radio analyst though because when you you jump in you got to be short and sharp it's not like tv where you can talk over a possession because people are driving in their cars and they're saying what the heck is going on garcia's ripping off these stats from the first quarter and i'm hearing the crowd going crazy so you just have a really really short span to jump in and put something productive on the table yeah i think that's where i have the advantage is i've been on the broadcast for eight years now and um and worked on numerous broadcasts prior to the Bucks as well. And you get the sense of what your play-by-play guys look for. And, you know, I am I have limited runway here, so I'm just going to go ahead and, and let uh, Dave cook. Uh, most of the time, it's uh, you basically want to be in the role of, should I be talking more? Like, you want to be mm. thinking that instead of, man, this guy really needs to shut up. No, well, it's very good. And uh, it's been good to listen to. That's for sure. Dave Kane's obviously a pro as well. We've had him on the podcast. We'll do that again uh, sometime soon. But I mentioned the Bucks are on the road now. So they'll play Minnesota Friday night. Nine bloody PM Central Time tip off. So it's Friday night. So you guys will be fine. Go out, have a beer, whatever you want to do uh, and enjoy your Friday night. It's no good for people like Justin. They will be in the studio till one o'clock in the morning. But uh, for everyone at home, have a brewski, enjoy the game, and hopefully the Bucks will move to 8-0 for the first time ever. Ever, yeah. Yeah, and uh, perhaps Giannis' first time, seven games, 30-plus points. So a couple of uh, streaks on the line against the T-Wolves. Make sure you uh, subscribe or follow on whatever platform you're listening to. We really appreciate it. We're going to continue to try and do some cool things on this podcast. One last thought. You were just talking about the analyst role, and I realized – that I know one man that is You're absolutely oh. no, no, well, it, well, it would be a great job if we could do it in tandem. It could be like Van Gundy and Mark Jackson <laughs> alongside Dave Kane. But the one thing I was going to say is radio analyst job, not for Frank, not for Frank Matter. <laughs> people will be people are driving in their cars. And they realize it's halftime and Dave Kane hasn't even been able to get a single word in uh, to, to describe what's going on in the court. So for Radio Analyst role, not for Frank Madden, but uh, uh, we're happy that you're doing it. Make sure you check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, keep you updated with everything going on in the sports world. And until tomorrow, uh, enjoy the fact the Bucks are still 7-0. They haven't lost a game in the 2022-23 season, which is fun for everyone. Uh, for myself, Kane Pippen and Justin Garcia, we will talk to you all tomorrow.